0: Food Heals Podcast, Episode
1: 37. In terms of manifesting, it's always easy to manifest something you're not that attached to. I can manifest food. Why? (laughs) Yes! Because you don't have any resistance to it. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself.
2: Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase
0: in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and in stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. Welcome to the Food Heals Podcast. I'm Allison Melody. I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is JJ Flazanes, an empowerment strategist, which doesn't that sound like the best job ever, by the way? Yeah, it does. (laughs) And she does a a six-day-a-week podcast. I
2: don't know how she does
0: it. I don't either. We work so hard, but she makes me feel like a slacker. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. We're not going to feel negative. She just does an amazing job. (laughs) She's amazing, and so are we. (laughs) That's right. Before we get to our interview with JJ, we have to tell you about our sponsor.
2: Our sponsor today is Stride Health. Stride Health connects self-employed workers like Allison and myself with affordable health coverage and quality health care.
0: It's like a concierge service for entrepreneurs. You've heard us talk about Stride before. We're so passionate about what they do. Stride is going to help you find the best plan, the most affordable plan to meet your needs, and it's all free.
2: And on November 1st, enrollment began. There is no better time than today to switch plans. And why not have a concierge service to not only help you switch to a better plan, help you cancel your old plan and stick with you for the duration of your plan to make sure you are completely satisfied and taken care of?
0: I don't know of any other company that does that. And for free?
2: No, I've never heard of that for anything, actually. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, their customer care team is fundamentally different from calling your old insurance company. Your insurance company is
0: always going to be the gatekeeper, and their job is to be your advocate and kick the
2: gates open for you. It's those crucial moments when shit hits the fan <laughs> and you're in your most vulnerable state that you need someone on your side you need a health advocate that's what stride provides for you
0: yeah so an example is they had an engineer who had a respiratory issue and stride had to find him the best doctor in town to treat him while he was in the hospital so their team did that while he was in the hospital they found him the doctor he needed so they really are they're your health advocate they're gonna help you
2: yeah assessing what you need for 2016 takes 60 seconds Nothing is actually the same as it was last year. Both sides of the healthcare equation—your health insurance costs and healthcare needs—are changing, and all health insurance plans change price every year. I know that from personal
0: experience because mine went up $84 last year, and I promptly canceled because I thought it was too much. So that's one of the things that Strata is going to help with—is finding you a plan that is affordable and doesn't go up. <laughs>
2: So go to stridehealth.com slash foodheals and get your personal health concierge. Next up, our
0: amazing interview with J.J. Flazanes.
2: The Food Heals Podcast starts now.
0: Our guest today is J.J. Flazanes, who you may remember actually interviewed me for her show, Fit to Love. So if you want to hear that episode, you can go back to episode 25. It was really a great
2: opportunity. JJ is an empowerment strategist and host of the Fit to Love podcast show. She's the director of Invisible Fitness, an Amazon bestselling author of Fit to Love, How to Get Physically, Emotionally, and Spiritually Fit to Attract the Love of Your Life, and author of Knack Absolute Abs, Routines for a Fit and Firm Core.
0: She was named best personal trainer in Los Angeles for 2007 by Elite Traveler magazine. And JJ vividly reminds us that the word fitness is not just about the state of one's physical body, but also the factors which determine a person's overall well-being, which Susie and I completely believe in and agree with. And for JJ, the key components in all of these areas are invisible. Balance, support structures of nutrition, emotional centeredness, and health. Welcome, JJ.
1: Thank you, ladies, for Welcome. having me. Um Thank you. It's exciting to be here. I love your show. I love what you're doing. I love the messages that you're putting out to the world and allowing people to hear and possibly change their lives. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate Ooh. that. Jinx. <laughs> Jinx
0: Did you do that when you were a kid? No. The first person to talk to ten isn't al- to count to ten isn't allowed to talk. So jinx. <laughs> where's when i started where's my friend kobe kobe jansen is what i'm talking about all right so um jj i know you from so many different things and you're doing so much that i don't even know where to start because you're an empowerment strategist which literally sounds like the funnest job on earth <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about what that
1: means sure so I started out in the fitness industry and asking clients and working with clients on weight loss, which so many people want, but when you start out with just the science of the body, which is what I was really interested in, and then you you come up against their issues of I can't do this, or I can't do that, or I won't do this, or I won't do that, and finding where the blocks were, where the obstacles that they couldn't overcome were, really kept digging me deeper into the mental-emotional side of what we were talking about, and then also the why. Why? I mean if you're listening to the show and you're someone who wants to lose weight, ask yourself why? Why do you want to lose weight? Because for a lot of people really, let's cut to the chase, it's so you can be happier and love yourself. That's really the bottom line. And so empowerment strategies to me is really finding where people are stuck and reminding them that they're all they always have a choice. Even me recently today I had a phone conversation with a friend and as I was talking, I heard myself and I said, wow, I gave myself the space to kind of do what I needed to do to uncover some stuff. And I went, oh, I feel powerless. That's what's going on. So the minute you can recognize in your life, wherever it is, in your relationships, in your work, in your health, in your limiting beliefs about whatever it is that you're trying to attain in your life, and once you can identify the belief that that gets you stuck, that has you feel powerless, that's easy. We can strategize how to overcome that. And so really that's what that's about is any aspect of your life that you're feeling depressed, you're feeling no energy, you're feeling stuck and and hopeless, that's really just an indication that you've given your power away and I want to help you find it.
0: I love that so much. And sorry, Food Heals Nation, if you're hearing our doggies drinking
2: water, but how he's really going at it. I know <laughs> he heard it's he's, hydrating. Right, he was feeling powerless <laughs> over his his, his uh, temperature level, and so he thought, "Let me go
1: get some water so I can cool myself down." Because even though it's the you know almost evening, it's still in the early. It's like seventy something, eighty degrees outside. Yeah, here in Los Angeles.
2: JJ, I think you hit upon a really important point, which is the emotional connection and, and the thought behind, why do I want to lose weight? And you said, I think, you know, it's so people can love themselves. I think we're not always even that far advanced in the thought. It's like, we're going to, you know, we want to be perceived as hot. We want to be sexy. We want to attract the, the guy or the girl. We want to look good next to our friends. We want to be looking good in the selfie. And then therefore, then we can love ourselves. I don't even know if people really make that jump to that. It's not about how you're perceived. It's about how you love yourself.
1: They're not making the jump. I made a huge jump that most people are going to go, what? No, I just want to look good in a bikini or Mm -hmm. I want to fit into my dress or I don't feel like myself or I want to get a partner in life. No, they don't make the jump. I just made the jump. There's a lot of layers. No, you did. And I think
2: that's uh, awesome. I wanted to just kind of like be the intermediary there because I felt that way myself. I've yo-yoed in my life, in my weight. I was always a super skinny kid. And then I went to college and gained weight. And I was like, oh, I just, my boobs are getting bigger. What's going on? No, I was getting the freshman 15. And I've, I was an athlete and I've been up and down. But it's like, it always comes down to how are you treating your own body for your self-love?
1: Absolutely. And we, three of us, live in one of the places in the world where it's the most paid attention to, right? I mean, even in my video podcast, I look at myself and go, yeah, you could lose five pounds. I don't do that. And I won't do that because of the work that I do. And it's about accepting yourself where you are. And if any action is to be taken, it's because you want it and you're ready for it. And you want to love yourself more, not doing it from a place of insecurity or to get love from somebody else. And that was really, there's a story in the beginning of the book about walking into one of the gyms here in Los Angeles and having a couple actors who had their glasses on and just feeling, I mean, energetically, you could just walk into a room and feel the insecurity and you can hear the mind chatter that, oh my God, I hate this. Oh my God, I hate this. I have to drop five pounds. No one will love me. No one will hire me. And it just feels icky and I didn't like the gym for that reason and even though and people think that exercise even clients not necessarily today but I've had multiple clients in the in the past hundreds actually who treat exercise as abuse to themselves they don't want to do it because it goes on all the time oh all the time and my movement really is about Changing the energy underneath the action. So you can still exercise, but is it coming from a place of I love myself? I love my body. I want to be strong. I want to be healthy. I want to age well. I want to preserve my joints. Or is it really that you're thinking when you get up in the morning, I hate myself and I'm going to go do this so that eventually I'll like myself? That's really the
2: movement. Yeah.
0: And are you working out for the right reasons? Are you going, I hate my body and I have to do this? Or are you going, I love my body and I can't
2: wait to do this? Because that shifts everything. Well, it kind of ties into also what are you eating, right? So like to make I – I feel like I always make generalizations on this show, but I'm going to make another one. Um, <laughs> I feel like in Europe where people eat out of passion and there's different quality of food and they take time to eat and they're with family and friends and it's just not rushed and it's not hurried and it's not how many carbs am I eating, how many calories are I eating. It's really about a passion. They, they are healthier than we are, whereas we are even more health – conscious but we are not healthy and we're overweight and we seem to work out harder and blow out our joints and it's this kind of endless cycle where it's like I don't really know what my conclusion is here I'm trying to find it but like it's like you know it starts from that place of love right are you loving yourself to eat properly and eat healthfully and therefore don't have to do the extra hundred sit-ups or whatever it is you know it's finding balance and it's mindfulness It's It's being present.
1: It's being present. We know what to do. People know, or at least they think they know. People always say, I know how to eat. I know what to eat. I know what's good for me. I just don't do it, right? (laughs) But we're so addicted. Our addictions have become technology. We get on the train of information that comes at lightning speed and is always changing and there's so much of it and and the desire for freedom. I think we all really want that time and space and we think we have to achieve a dollar amount to get it or a body type to get it or a relationship to get it and the reality of it is that you can have the happiness And the peacefulness that you seek now, regardless of what your bank account says, regardless if you're at home by yourself, or if you're with a partner, and especially if you're in a bad relationship, you can have that now, but it's that and it's going to come, there is going to be a crash, the crash is going to be that everything that we're doing from our phones to our tablets and our computers and our just everything moves so fast you know, on one end of the spectrum, technology moves so fast, and there's so many great things about it. But on the other end, I mean, do you guys remember when you were younger, who farmed who was really? I mean, we didn't look at farming as being cool. We thought farming. You know, I wanted the bread from the grocery store. I didn't yeah. want it from my mother. I wanted the the white Wonder Bread because I wasn't allowed to
2: have it. I wanted. I wanted the the sugary cereal. We had a gar. We had a fruit and vegetable garden. So got- and I was made to pick raspberries and blueberries and and, and tomatoes and yeah. and that was and that was good because I could take like it was tasty to me. Like I was raised differently, but. I did want the sugary cereal, which I wasn't allowed to have. Me
0: too. Oh my God. <laughs> I was great. I was uh, raised with a tomato garden and we had all these things and I was taught to garden, but still everyone at school had these like fruit roll-ups and like all these snacks uh. that I wasn't ever allowed to have. So when I discovered them at the grocery store, I'd be like, mom, dad, buy me this. And they'd be like, okay. And it took a lot of convincing, but then they would buy it for me because there wasn't this education of how bad it was. They were just like, I don't think it's good, but I don't think it's that bad. So then they would do it based on my demanding of it because everyone else was doing it.
1: But now fast forward to where we are now. And I grew up on an acre of land where we had a garden where we did grow everything. And I was used to homegrown things. But the tomato from my garden that my dad picked didn't seem as sexy as a tomato from the firmer tomato that came from the grocery store. Yeah. There was something about the grocery store, the magic food place that you get things, right? And now... It's 30 years later, we all want to grow our stuff in our own backyard. Yeah. And whether that be that it was instilled in our, from our parents, but now it's cool. If you're growing your own stuff, if you're making your own food, you are an anomaly. People are like, what? (laughs) You have time to cook and make stuff from scratch, but it's become some, in our awareness, something we're moving towards. So I think it's it's happening. It's just happening at a certain pace. And that's why I kind of want to start this conversation about that there are, there is another choice. And just because someone's exercising and just because someone's eating well and just because someone has habits that may be even over-controlling, too perfect, that doesn't mean they may appear healthy, but you don't know what's going on on the inside of them. How is that being fueled? Because we all know very beautiful, perfect-looking people who are miserable. Yeah. That's toxic. So I, I even know some in my industry who who are lovely people, but I know that the judgment that comes out of them when they watch somebody eat or when they watch somebody buy things at the grocery store or talk about food or their judgment about it is so they're so angry. They're so toxic emotionally. So I look at those people and I think, well, that's not the better choice. Exactly. There has to be a
2: little bit of that balance in between. This is where that. the hippie part of me wants to just be like, everybody relax. <laughs> I mean, we're doing the best we can, right? Like you, you're always, do, everybody's always doing. I think the best that they can, or the best that where their consciousness is at. And you can always probably raise that and be more educated and expand your awareness. But everybody just needs to relax.
0: No, I agree. There's billboards on Hollywood Boulevard for Hustler, which is like the sex store, and it says, "Relax, it's just sex." And I feel the same way about food because people are counting calories, counting carbs. I can't have sugar. I can't have this, blah, blah, blah. I have to do this diet. I have to do that diet. And that's restriction and that's not healthy for anyone. So I say, relax, it's just food. That doesn't mean eat it all. It means figure out what works for you and go from there with love, not with restriction and anger and, oh, I can't have that. And, you know, it's like come at it from a happy perspective. I want to eat foods that fuel me and then do that.
1: A lot of people look at my diet, especially family members, and and I remember recently one of them coming into town, an and in-law, so to speak, and she brought donuts from the middle of America. And I just (laughs) asked sort of what they were. And she she said, well, you can try one. And I said, no, thank you. And the other one, her sister said, oh, she doesn't eat that. And she goes, well, you can just try it. And I just didn't say anything. And I thought, no, I have no desire to try it. That's the difference. And so I'm the wacko who, you know, has such a restricted diet, but it's because I choose it. I can eat whatever I want. I'm not going to die. I don't have a, I'm not celiac, even though I'm gluten-free. I... I am paleo by choice. And there are times where I have some things, but, and I'm dairy free by choice, but there are times I have some cheese. So I eat based on how I feel and what I want. And I know what feels good in my body. And that's, you know, you get energized by good food. I get psyched about cooking and baking things and finding new ways to substitute things that work for me that I have no restriction. I have personally no restriction. I don't feel at all, like I am deprived in any way. If I, if there's something I see that I want, I find a way to make it or what a substitute is for it. But I, but people, other people look at me and say, wow, it's so restrictive. I could never do that. And again, the difference is I've taken the education, the information, decided I love myself. Why would I eat that thing that causes inflammation in my body when I can have that thing that gets digested more easily? Why would I have that thing that, in, that spikes my insulin level and gives me a sugar rush and it's going to turn to fat anyway when I can have that thing, which is is actually going to help digestion. So, yeah. Those are the questions I ask myself, but that's again the whole point of the fit to love movement is to hopefully get people in a better space so that when you take care of yourself, it's from a place that feels good, which means you're going to keep doing it. Because the reality of it is if you come to your exercise program or to your diet, meaning what you eat, not a diet, like a short term thing, if you come to it with the understanding or the idea that this is going to be temporary, or that you're punishing yourself for being bad, or that you're going to restrict yourself for a little while so that you can, you know, if you again all of those negative comments are going to associate negativity to those actions. And so, Of course, you're not going to want to do any of them because they don't feel good. They don't feel like a big hug. They feel like a big slap in the face.
0: Absolutely. And I know that the fit to love movement is also about the emotions behind what you're doing every day. Can you talk a little bit about that and how important the emotional connection is to make?
1: Absolutely. So I believe that everything, 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 everything everything is frequency and vibration and emotion, right? We do anything, we do everything we do for a response, whether that's to feel freedom, to feel comfortable, to feel good, to feel satisfied, to feel happy, to feel free, whatever it may be. But everything we do, because you go to work to make money to pay your house so you have some place to sleep or to buy something that you like because it puts a smile on your face. Really, it all comes down to how we feel. And emotions are energy. So just like a calorie People love to, you know, count calories because they think that's what's going to cause weight loss. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But a calorie is a form of energy. And when you put it in your mouth, it either gets used or it gets stored. Well, the same thing with emotions. It's either going to get expressed or it's going to get stored. And that stored energy of emotion, especially if it's negative emotion, because why would we hold on to positive? We always release and, and share our positive emotions, but that negative emotion turns toxic. It does things to your body. I mean, we know that when you think of something scary, your heart starts to race, or maybe you start to sweat, or if you feel embarrassed, maybe your cheeks start to blush. So imagine carrying a lot of toxic anger and hatred and shame inside of your body that is going to turn into something. That's such a
0: good example because I feel like people, it's a—it's really hard to make that connection because they go, okay, what I eat affects me, I understand that now, but what I think, it doesn't really affect me, it doesn't matter, but what you just pointed out is absolutely true. Let's say at your house and you hear something outside and you're like, oh, is someone at the house? And you get that feeling of your heart pounding or, you know, like your face gets red if you're embarrassed, just like you just said, that is a physical reaction just because you're not feeling that physical reaction for every emotion that you have doesn't mean it's not physically affecting you. So that's really interesting. And I love that you bring that up because I think it's so important for people to understand.
1: Well, I think we also have a tolerance for certain stresses. There's a certain expectation of it's it's the epidemic of adrenal fatigue. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know what adrenal fatigue is. Can I explain? Please tell us. Okay. So um, one of the reasons why there's a movement called weight loss resistance that we're paying attention to, different factors that cause people to not lose weight even though they think they're doing everything right, one of them is hormones. And the hormones in question, your adrenals, you have three major sets of hormones that really affect how you lose weight, gain weight, metabolize food, sleep, rest, and that would be your sex hormones, your DHA and your cortisol, which make up your adrenal hormones, and your thyroid. Thyroid hormones. So your adrenal hormones are in our caveman, like how we were built. Our how from you know biologically we're built was to if there's a big stress, like you're going to be chased by a tiger or a bear, your adrenals are going to pump really high so that you can run fast to get away and to survive. We need our adrenals for survival. And that's fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And but think about how many times in the last I don't know twenty years have you been chased by a tiger or a bear?
2: Probably I can think about five. No, just (laughs) (laughs) unless you live in Tahoe, there are places.
1: (laughs) There are places where people actually have been chased by tigers and bears. But in terms of the stress level, so think of that. That's life and death, right? That's instinctual, biological, life and death. I mean, we've all heard of the grandma who lifts the car off the kid, right? That's adrenaline that's done that, of course. And she ends up having a stroke afterwards because it was something her body physically couldn't handle after the fact. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, that adrenaline gave her superhuman powers. But that's temporary. We get a rush of adrenaline that our body needs to replenish and and build back up again. But what we do based on our technology, we handle everything like it's life and death. We're like... (sighs) I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to get that done, I have to do that. And we we handle yeah. our daily lives like it's life and death. And so we are pumping those adrenals so dry that we are in a state where they can't replenish. And so we're in what's called adrenal fatigue. And that's one of those, that's an emotional state of stress. Stress is perceived Stress is not something outside of you. Stress is the interpretation you have of a situation and what it means.
2: Well, it's almost, it seems like to me, it's almost like it probably was better for our ancestors who lived in the jungle, who lived in the bush, were, were chased by tigers and then they hid or they got up in a tree and then they were safe and then they could replenish and then they were fine. And it's nowadays we have the computer and the emails and the texts and the job stress and the family stress and, and our bodies are reacting to it as if the tiger is coming, but it's constant. And you're right. If we are able to go, you know what? This email can wait. This is not life or death. This uh, text can wait. This is not life or death. But we don't. We just. in The American lifestyle is just never ending. And you're right. We can interrupt it, but it takes us um, a lot of consciousness. I don't know about you guys, but I am chased by the iPhone everywhere I go. <laughs> that the thing iPhone is there. tiger. I'm like.
0: Here you are. You're beeping at me. You're telling me I need to do something. It's a text, it's an email, it's a phone call. And I'm like, you need to leave me alone. But I don't have anywhere to go because it follows me. Well, I'd
2: have to point out you got the bigger one. do you have the bigger
1: one, And I don't know if you guys saw, I don't have a smartphone. I have a flip phone. I did see that. Did you see that I have a flip phone? The reason I have a flip phone, A, is because of electromagnetic frequencies. I'm trying to have less of those in my life. But also... Well, it still has them, right? It does, but much less than uh, an iPhone, iPad, smartphone, whatever, tablet. I do have an iPad. You saw that I have that, which is my reason that I don't I don't want a smartphone. Because I have an iPad. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but I have that for... So that I'm not constantly being distracted. And there's so much information coming at us all the time. The messages that we get from everyone is to take action, take action, take action. It's the opposite of mindfulness. Yes. Because there's so much possible about what we can do and what we can learn and and who we can talk to. There's where It's never ending. And so this is why I think we're going to have a crash and why we're having crashes. And this is sometimes the gift on your show, when you were on my show, we talked about that everything that happens in your life is a gift. All these these things that tragedy, so to speak, or, or contrast that happens, it's a gift. It's yeah. a call to action to take a look at what's going on and make the decision. Is this really worth how I'm feeling in the path that I'm on? I think it's a big awakening and not everyone's willing or ready to go there. And that's fine. But if you're getting that call, you're going to hear it quite loudly. The universe is trying to tell you something. Your body's trying to tell you something. Your higher self is trying to tell you something. And at some point, hopefully, maybe you'll listen.
2: I had one this weekend. Allie knows my back went out. And I'm a massage therapist, and that's and I was led to that work from um, a back injury when I was 16, and I'm very aware of all of my emotionality trapped in my low back. I've been aware <laughs> of it for a long time. And nothing specific happened. I mean, I, there were a couple of things that I was like, oh, that happened, that happened. And then I woke up on Sunday, and I was like, oh, my God, I really can't walk. I can't pick up my dog. I can't bend over. And that was like my body going, stop, stop. Yeah. Stop what you're doing and take care of this, because this is code red. I had one of those and I, and I had to stop. And it was hard. It was really hard, even though I knew it. Even though I knew, I was like, this needs to be taken care of before anything else. Unfortunately,
1: the smarter we are, the harder it is because you can identify it and you go, ha ha, I know what that is <laughs> because I know what that is. I'm immune to it. And the reality of it is it's the difference between how being aware of the thoughts and, then, and the feelings and actually feeling the feelings. Yeah. So many people can identify them. I'm one of them. And, and you go, okay, this is what I'm feeling. But have you actually released them? Or are you just sort of looking at them, but they're still energetically floating around in your body? You just haven't released them yet because some people don't know they're afraid. I know a lot of men fear really allowing some of those emotions to come out because it feels like such a bottomless pit and so disempowering and so emasculating.
2: Well, they haven't been allowed to feel them. You know, I remember being a young girl. I was a crier as a a little girl. If I was angry, I cried. If I was sad, I cried. That was the appropriate emotional response for me as a little girl. Um, If my brother cried, you know, he he was more prone to anger as he's a boy. And that was appropriate for him. And I feel like that's a cultural paradigm in which we're raised. You know, that's what we're taught even now.
1: Well, hopefully we're having these conversations. I've been on a few male shows, a couple of podcasts that are men-based, and so I've been spreading the words, and I have a very strategic way to handle emotions for men that they can at least start to be aware of them. So if we can at least create some awareness first, because, you know, we have evolved and we keep expanding, and we can say yes biologically, this and that, and, and our ancestors and our modeling and our pathology of our parents and of our grandparents showed that it wasn't okay and it wasn't safe and i was considered weak and all of that but i think we're, we're coming out of that and the more that especially also too as women that we can hold the space for that because a lot of women also can't handle a man breaking down and so unfortunately then they don't have a safe space because women look to men for them to for comfort for comfort for validation and god forbid the man breaks down and the woman isn't strong enough to handle it so the man won't do it and it, it's, heart, it's heartbreaking for me. In fact, I i had the impulse not too long ago to start a podcast just for men, to let them know what women don't know that they're doing, like that women don't really understand what they're doing wrong in terms of how we're not supporting them. And, and to give them a space that they can feel validated, feel heard, understand that it's okay to be vulnerable and, and why. Anyway, I just, I was reading a book and then I, I love was, that. and then I have a friend who's going through like a divorce and his wife is just mean to him. And he, anyway, just all, you know, it but men, they want to come through for you. So I just got so excited. and I asked people on um, our group that we're on, you know, what do you think about that? And some of the guys were like, oh, that would be really good but i'm not doing it anytime soon but it but it did i get that that kind of ooh i'm going to take the charge of that movement too and let's let's talk to the men cuz they need to be free and they need to be able to be heard and respected and not be responsible for women's happiness i'm tired of that so anyway tangent uh, but that's part of the fit to love brand and movement is for women you and men separately To take responsibility for your emotions, create an awareness, create a practice, understanding how to feel them and really owning them instead of blaming everybody else for them. Because I think that's one of the detriments we do too. We blame everybody else in relationships. It's your fault I'm not happy. So let's get divorced. Oh, second marriage. Well, you're not making me happy either. I'm going to leave you. Okay, third marriage. Oh, well, now you're not making me happy. Hello, common denominator.
0: Yeah. What's the common denominator? It's you. Yeah. It's not them. It's not all these outside circumstances. And so what are you ignoring? What are you not looking at? What do you feel fearful of? And that's so important to recognize. And I think you should do that show. I think that's awesome. I yeah. That's a great idea. Do it. <laughs> no pressure, but we would listen. <laughs> we want it.
1: <laughs> I'd I do it as an experiment and I would do it secretly. I don't think I'd make a website or anything for it, but I, I'd want to test out the information and see if it's something men would be interested in. Yeah. Because – I think there are a lot of women explaining how men are like Alison Armstrong to women, mm-hmm. but there aren't a lot of, and she's doing it for men too. I'm not taking away from the work that she's doing, but I also think that there's still a, there's still a modality because I've heard it in some of her work, where a woman says, "Will you hurt my feelings?" And every I have a lot of Sag in me. I also have some Aquarius in me, and every part of that makes me cringe because I'm like, "No." No, 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 no. No one else can make you feel anything. You Anyway, so that whole – and men are held responsible for women's feelings all the time. And women use that emotional manipulation to get their way and to get what they want because they don't have any other tools. And it's really sad to watch people who otherwise could have really good relationships suffer when they have this block of blame and victimness. So –
0: Well, let's talk about that, because I think a lot of people say, I'm the victim, everything is happening to me, when the truth is, we are responsible for our own feelings and our own actions. And so, when we're saying, my life sucks because this is happening to me, what is the truth of that statement?
1: Well... I actually just did a show with Lynn Forrest. She's created something called The Reality Formula. So she's been on season one three times, and she was on season two just this one time, and the show was called Dealing with Betrayal. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I invited her back on the show is because I thought she'd give me the perfect explanation for that word because people say, wow, you betrayed me. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a word. At this stage in my life, I would you'd never hear me use. I would never say you betrayed me. Even if you punched me in the face and wrecked my car, I would never say you betrayed me. Because I could take that observer standpoint to be able to say something's going on with you that you wrecked my car and you slapped me in the face. It has nothing to do with me. Even I, even though my reaction may be anger at first and because I have to have to take care of my car, it's going to cost me money. It's inconvenient, right? But I would know even when you were doing it that this wasn't about me. So she explained... That, in terms of that, the universe is always working for you. Mm-hmm. So, even though it appears as something that you're not comfortable with, there's a reason for it. And yeah. whether it be, so let's say for betrayal, really the betrayal starts with us. What did I do to betray me? Because mm-hmm. we look at life as a mirror, because right. we have the choice. You really can look at life and say, things are happening to me and I have no control over it. That is one choice. But that choice, again, is powerless and victim, and you will never be happy in that choice. Temporarily you will be because it feels good to not take responsibility because taking responsibility means that I have to do something different or maybe I have to learn or let go of something or change a belief system. But really the choices become I'm a victim and things happen to me or I'm a co-creator and energetically things happen for me. So whether it be whatever God or creator or divine or whatever you believe in, or if you believe in nothing, let's just say physics or um, metaphysics, right, energy, that something is happening for you. And if you take that position all the time, you always feel better because it gives you something to do about it. And it can give you a deeper meaning and a better satisfaction than just always feeling like the world is against you. That feels terrible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I know better, like we were talking about earlier, than to take the victim mentality. Sometimes I need to take it for five minutes and just deal with it and be like, oh, this happened to me. Everything sucks and go, wow, wow, poor me. And then snap myself out of it, become the co-creator and go, okay, this is my opportunity to change something. What do I need to change? And go really introspective and go, what did I do to create this? Even if you're like, this happened to me, well, what did you put out there? Take responsibility. And if you don't know how to do that, there's counselors and people out there such as JJ that can teach you how and give you those empowerment tips. But it's really about like looking at yourself and what everything in life is reflecting something
2: back that you got to look at. That's why it's the mirror, right? I have a question for you guys. Do you think everything happens for a reason? Yes. Yes. You do? Oh, Absolutely. I have a hard time with that because there are certain things that I feel like. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let JJ be your coach and coach you through it. There's certain things that I I can look back on and be like, yeah, I got Even though it was uncomfortable, even though I didn't like it, like I came through the other side. I'm like, okay, I handled that and I learned something and I grew. And then there's other things and I'm just still like, what the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. I curse. Yay, we're, we're going to be an explicit show. <laughs> Mark talks explicit
0: on iTunes.
2: Explicit. <laughs> There's some things that I just that, that have happened in my life that, and I I listen to Abraham Hicks. I meditate. I journal. I I'm introspective. I've been in therapy. I've done more more work self help else. work on myself. I do Sedona method. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And it's just because I always and I because I do I do want to take accountability, responsibility for my actions, my choices, my subconscious beliefs, what I am doing to create my life. And sometimes I'm just like that one. I don't know. I, I don't know where that came from. I don't know. No, I'm glad you
1: mentioned it because there are people who are listening to this who absolutely agree with you and haven't done half the work that you've done and say, no, I don't buy into that at all. And that's totally fine. You absolutely believe what you believe and I'm not trying to get you to change your beliefs, but let me give you another layer to that because someone's going to say, well, what about in the case of a school shooting or a case of a child dying or, or getting a disease? What about that? So there's a level of, I believe there's a, a level of what you can do consciously while you're here and the choices that you make And then I believe there's the choices you made before you ever came down. I agree with you. Right. So those choices may not be revealed to you yet, what you're you're supposed to be getting from them. You could have been in non-physical and decided, what do I want to experience in this lifetime? And it was betrayal. It was maybe something horrible happening and you were supposed to learn forgiveness And so to really learn forgiveness, you got to have something really bad happen in order to really learn forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But again, that process isn't necessarily going to be quick and easy to identify. And it may be a lifetime. So I wouldn't necessarily say that we have to have all the answers or have to be able to justify everything that happens to you and the why. I think it feels better when you can, but that doesn't mean that you're going to. And that's the part of the trust and the faith that comes into, into play into the deciding that, well, I didn't like it. I don't know why it had to happen. I'm not sure what came out of it. But if I, I still get to choose, did that happen to me or... Did, do i believe somewhere somehow that there's a reason for it it's just about which choice makes you feel better that's all it's and and some people have and if you were choosing to say no i'm going to say it happened to me and that's totally fine and just for someone like me that feels bad and i don't want to feel bad I I want to express my emotions. I want to get rid of whatever's, I want it holding me back or whatever needs to come out. I don't want to hold anything in, but I really do believe that everything happens for a reason. I, but I'm okay with the con- lack of control that I don't have to know what it is. I'm just going to be guided because, you know, life can be hard. Yeah. Life can be hard. We, you know, stuff happens and it's yeah. not comfortable. And, and at some point, just letting go and saying and surrendering and feels like, oh, or looking at a child and remembering what that innocence is of of just looking at the world from very clean perspective that, wow, the world is my oyster and I can do what I want and nothing is not possible. I can have anything I want. I can be anything I want. And just to be reminded of that. I think that's sort of what we're all searching for. I think at the beginning of life, you see the innocence of a child. At the end of life, a life well lived, you see uh introspection and uh, lessons of the wise that tell you this is what don't work so hard spend more time with family and friends don't you know take care of yourself and, and make sure that you do things that make you happy but somewhere in the middle we get all mucked up with all this crap in the middle but i don't think we have to wait till the end to get to that better feeling place of really just saying if i believe that i have more than one life then why i'm in such a rush <laughs> <laughs> no
0: i totally agree and i feel like i've definitely gotten bogged down and going okay I believe that everything happened for a reason and now I've had this experience and now I have to figure out the learnings from that. So now my analytic mind is going, figure out the learnings, learn them so you can move on so it doesn't happen again. Because what happens is, we find ourselves in patterns. So, whether it's in a relationship, you have the same patterns with the male or, you know, female if you're a man, but you have the same patterns acting out in every single relationship. That's something you haven't healed, you haven't transcended, you haven't learned from yet. And then, of course, like you said, if it's something super tragic, then you're like, well, I can't possibly come up for a reason for this. And that's when the super, like, let's say, like woohoo stuff comes in. And that's, you know, what my dad would call it. So, that's a word I get from him, but my mom was much more spiritual. And it wasn't until I went to grad school at University of Santa Monica where they really said this, that it sunk in, which was, we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. And that's a really hard concept to grasp. But once you grasp it, it's like, okay, this is a human experience where we're meant to learn and grow and change and la la la. Doesn't mean we're going to understand everything that comes our way and it's being okay with that. And I'm not saying I am, because I've had a lot of tragedy and hard things happen to me that I still haven't been able to overcome, not perfect. But I kind of have to go to that and go, okay, I have to know it may not be for me to know yet. But just like you said a few minutes ago, JJ, which I think you were alluding to in the grad school, we kind of learned like you already made an agreement to come here and learn these things. And there are people that come here to learn something and they have to murder someone to learn something, which sounds crazy because we're supposed to be like, murderers are evil, they go to hell. And that's our judgment against them. And I think that 100%. Absolutely. But the higher spiritual perspective that I'm being taught is that person came to learn something and the person that died came to learn something. And like, I, as a human being, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? That's not okay. And then if I go, okay, me as a spiritual being having a human experience, I have to go, okay, well, there's some higher purpose that I can't possibly understand.
1: That's really, really hard. It speaks to our control issues in terms of, right? Because we need to know or we think we need to know and then we'll feel better and again that's sort of the backwards part there's like think about surfing right so you're out on a surfboard and and i don't surf and although uh, the other day i thought maybe it's time i think it's time i learned to surf i think i'm at that emotional place where i need to surf Be- but i get the concept right so you're sitting and in- you don't control the ocean you don't control the ocean you're sitting on the surfboard and you know you're waiting for the wave to come and it might be a calm day or and it might not be and then you have the wave and then you have to paddle up against the wave and then when you catch it, that's when the leverage of the the water takes you. But but catching that takes some work, takes some patience, takes some connection with the with the ocean, with the rhythms, and we are so outside of that control. We, we want to figure it all out in our heads. We want to use our conscious mind and our information because we're in an information age. We're selling information. And so we live in this place and then we get disconnected from our bodies. And that's to pull, kind of do full circle here back to the fit to love movement, it isn't just about all the spiritual stuff. That's part of it. But it's also about connecting to your bodies in a different way. It's about being able to use mindfulness in your exercise. I cringe looking at most people exercise. And it's not because they're doing things that are like wrong. But in terms of I'm looking at the body going, okay, your joints aren't supposed to take force in that position. (laughs) And so you're going to wear down that cartilage in your joint, or you're throwing yourself around and your brain is not connected to that muscle whatsoever. And so you're not really – you're not getting the benefit of it. And, and that's, that's everyone's choice. But in terms of the, the control that we, we always look to have and, and the multitasking that we're doing and the overload of information, it's something has to give. And whether it be that you create a new spiritual practice – and you really, because people that are listening to this, you know, some of you are like 100% with us and you, you're you on the spiritual path and some of you are going, I don't know what you're talking about. You're These nuts. ladies are crazy. Ladies are crazy. <laughs> I have one life and that's it. Okay. Which, you know, hey, I have friends with a lot of atheists and that I respect that. For me, the idea of having one life is a lot of pressure
2: <laughs> to get it <laughs> all, like, oh
1: my God, I have to get it all done in one lifetime. Oh, that's like, get what done, right? And then I feel responsible for the planet and responsible for the ages. And oh, my God, that's so much pressure. So that's just not a choice that I make, but I respect if that's yours. I love that. Well, right? Like, I mean, I think about that. I'm like, okay, so what if we just get one life? And again, that's the act of faith. That's a choice of belief. How do I feel? How How do I feel about that, that I only have one life? Oh, like that I have to get it right the first time or if I screw up it's my like a life- one time
2: performance all the world's a stage right <sighs> like shakespeare said and we're just mere players and you got one performance make it perfect
1: <laughs> that's just way too much anxiety for me and and back to some of those spiritual contracts that we were talking about how many do you guys i'm sure you know somebody in your life if not multiple people that you that are good examples of what not to do <laughs> right? Like, me, the, 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 I had a friend a long time ago, and she just, uh, just all of her relationships were just, they ended poorly. And there was this victim, even though she'd talk about it, the spiritual stuff up here, but the energy was about victim, victim. And she just pushed people away and repelled people because you could feel the blame and the neediness and the victimness. And she, you know, sometimes we need people like that. The contract is you're supposed to come into people's <laughs> life so that they go, oh, oh, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Thank you for showing me. How many times have you seen, I've seen um, people come out of a, this is years ago, fast food restaurant as I was in the drive-thru because it's one o'clock in the morning and I've danced for three hours and was starving and the apple sitting next to me just really isn't doing it for me. So I'm thinking I want a quesadilla way back when I was eating gluten and dairy and fast food And, uh, and I see some very unhealthy, incredibly large woman walk out of the fast food restaurant. And I was like, thank you. And then I turned around and left because it was a reminder of this is what happens when you eat food like this. And yes, I don't want the apple, so I'll go home and make grilled cheese. I can make it. I can wait 10 minutes to get home rather than putting crap in my body that's addictive, that creates cravings, that creates issues in my body that that's, you know, unfortunately why a lot of people do get addicted to some of the fast food restaurants, as I'm sure you, if you haven't talked about, you probably will, right? Like all the Fast Food Nation and and the supersize Me and about all the, the additives and preservatives and the foods that actually cause you to, to become addicted to it. So in that moment, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Right. So, you know, contrast. It's a blessing. It helps us to grow.
0: Absolutely. And what about manifesting? Can you talk a little bit about that? I think that in your book you talk about manifesting your husband. Tell us about that. Let's give some positive, exciting things that people can do.
1: Well, the first thing that came up for me when you said manifesting, I was like, Oh, people don't want to hear that they've manifested everything. <laughs> like <laughs> even the bad stuff. But that doesn't mean you did something wrong. So boop, boop, boop. Let's stop for a second in okay, reset your hearing. Reset. Manifesting. So when you you are the creator of your own reality and you will attract like things to you, that does not mean, let me repeat that again, that does not mean you've done something wrong and that you're bad and that you're stupid and that you don't know something. I have found with a lot of people who don't do law of attraction work, the minute that they hear that, it triggers something in them about shame or not good enough. And so if they look at something that's happened that they don't like and they go, I did that, Oh, I'm really stupid. That's they don't want to acknowledge that. But it's a gift. It's it's a mirror. It's a it's a reminder. It's like someone saying, Hey, you have something in your teeth. And you go, Oh, okay, great. I now I can take it out. <laughs> unless you want to walk around, unless it's Halloween and you want to walk around with something in your teeth, <laughs> which is fine, totally. But in terms of manifesting, it's always easy to manifest something you're not that attached to. I can manifest food. Why? <laughs> Yes, because you don't have any resistance to it. The more you want it, the more the resistance. I can manifest food like that. I've got, I've hired some virtual assistants. I doubled my hours for no extra cost. I'm getting referral fees that I didn't put out there. Like all of a sudden, like I'm like, holy cow,
2: (laughs) because I had no expectation of it. Yeah. So I've manifested some crazy stuff. I've, for a while, I kept a manifest journal. And this, is, and this backs up against the everything happens for a reason, shame against the things that I didn't want to happen versus am I that powerful? Can I be that creator that Abraham Hicks talks about? And having also a resistance of how good can I stand it? Is it as easy as she says, as they say, to, to manifest a button as, as it is a castle? And the things that I have been like, I remember once driving down the street that I now live on. Right by Brennan Canyon with these beautiful, big, fat palm trees. I'm like, this is a beautiful street. This would be a nice place to live. Huh. Let it go. Didn't even think about it. Three years later, I was living there. And it wasn't until a year after. I'm like, oh, my God. I manifested this because I didn't – I had no attachment to it. I was just like, whatever.
0: Put it out there. Thanks. And, and I got it. And side note, that's a magical neighborhood because that's where I met my husband.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a magical neighborhood.
1: <laughs> and look, it was a castle. Look, you manifested a castle. Yeah. It wasn't a button. See, I, I do a lot. Of, I get, I'm good at buttons. I can manifest food so easily. Like once I was ordering a pizza, gluten free, dairy free pizza, and I wanted two of them because Brian, my husband, wanted a different kind. And I thought, oh, I really want another one, but I don't want to pay for two pizzas. Well, they screwed up the order. So they <laughs> gave us another one for free. <laughs> I was like, nice. oh, ask and you shall receive. <laughs> so I did manifest my husband out of thinner. I um almost out of thin air (laughs) almost out of thin air he was there uh, and the whole full story is in the book and i would recommend anyone female or male who is waiting on someone to call them or wondering why someone who clearly was interested in them is not getting in touch with you please go read the story in my book about my husband and i because every single female I tell this to, I just see the beam of hope, like, oh, okay. And it's a great story. I'm not, I don't think we have time for me to tell the whole story. But let me just answer the out of thin air. No, you know, we had met. And honestly, he had several strikes, like things that I had no desire to be with. And so while he was interesting to me and attractive, it was like, nope, there'd be no way. No way. <laughs> and then uh, when I actually started, I did two vision boards and I have one vision board up about relationships. And it was when I decided to actually use a vision board. So for those of you that know the secret, or have you heard of vision boards, I've done a show about vision boards on season one, but vision boards are like exercise equipment. You have to use it. You can't just make it and stick it up and never do anything about it. It's like having a treadmill. So what? If you don't get on it, it doesn't have a benefit. So how do you use a vision board? Well, you put your pictures up that inspire you, and then you actually stand in front of it and look at it until, and then you visualize it in your body until you get a chill in every cell of your being that says, you're here. You don't have to have it. You feel the effects as if you've had it. And so... Once I started practicing using the vision board, it was within three weeks that someone I had met a long time before I started doing this had basically reconnected with me and said, okay. Let's meet. Let's get together. And even then I still didn't think it was going to turn into what it did because again, I wasn't he I would use the idea of him and erase his face. <laughs> and I would say, so <laughs> I, I would look right because I didn't want to have a picture of a person in my mind because I said to the universe, I'm open. Like I'm just ready and I want to feel the feelings, but I also know I don't have to have a person. And to be quite honest, the reason why I wrote this book, like how this book came to be, is because I did everything that I'm telling everyone else to do. I was the happiest wholest most balanced person in that moment. I didn't need him. That's a huge thing to hear. I didn't need him. I had male friends that I was hanging out with and dancing. I was doing romantic things, even though they were gay, and so I wasn't getting (laughs) the intimacy 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 side. What
2: what were you doing? That were dancing with gay men.
1: I salsa dance. Okay, yeah, there's some few salsa dancing. So you were having
0: fun and being a sexual being.
1: I was fulfilling all aspects. I was going out to dinners. I was going to the movies. I was dancing. I was fulfilled on every level minus intimacy, but I was taking care of that. So really, I was good. I was full. I was ready. But that's when I manifested the right person. It's because I didn't need him. He didn't have to fill a void. No one had to complete you. Right. No one had to complete me. So I was that's when I was ready. And I was using the vision board to activate the feelings. I was already feeling them, but I was, but now I was adding in that extra person and the arms around me and the breath on my neck and the chills down my spine and the warmth of, of the embrace. And I was visualizing that until I literally have like a Vibrational orgasm. After like five minutes, I feel this chill up and down my spine. Nice. We've already gone, uh, we've already, go- <laughs> we're already on explicit, so I can go there. So yes, I popped that bubble. <laughs> so <laughs> you're welcome. Yes, you did. So that vibrational orgasm is going up and down my spine. And then I opened my eyes and I was like, okay. And I went about my day. I basically set my vibrational tone. I sent those messages out to the world and I was happy. I activated the love within myself and the feelings. And I was like, okay, good. And and I went about my day. And did I think it was going to take three weeks? No. And my parents who got engaged on their third date, I never intended to beat that. I thought they were nuts. I'm like, really? What would happen if I was engaged within a month of meeting somebody? You wouldn't think I was crazy? They're like, well, if it's the right person. I'm like, seriously? So (laughs) Brian and I were engaged between our first and second date. We hadn't slept together we hadn't kissed nothing intimate had happened and we were already did he propose well it was discussion it was a discussion it wasn't a will you marry me it was a you know you're the one right and i said yeah "Yeah." and it was a when we were telling our parents before the second date like okay i found the one actually he was telling us that happened
2: to me too actually
1: yeah well you know when you know he actually was telling his parents and friends when during the time we weren't talking he he's, he'd say I'd I'd marry her if I I can.
0: Okay, so you went on your first date, and then what happened between that first date and the second date?
1: We both well, he was actually <laughs> seeing someone at the time, and um, and he had that's why it was not intimate at all. Uh-huh. And you know, obviously that ended, and then he wrote me the email. You know, you're the one, right? And uh, the I search is an over. Email. It was on a MySpace email, actually. <laughs> Do you remember MySpace? And in fact, on his profile on MySpace at the bottom, because, you know, you can put little quotes or things at the bottom, if you remember, he it said, for, since I met him, it said, looking for the one, does anyone know where she is? Aww. And I would look at that and say, I'm right here. I don't know why you're Aww. still with that person. But then I thought, well, this must not be right. It's not him. But then I just played around and say, well, I'm right here. Wow. So...
2: Sometimes it's about timing,
1: right? It's always about timing. Uh-huh. And the more you know that, the more you can relax into that. I did not have him as my goal. I didn't say it's going to be him. Right. I allowed it to be whatever the right thing was. I knew what I wanted. I was clear about what I wanted. I was clear about how I wanted to feel. I was doing what I needed to feel the best I could at that moment. And I didn't need him. So it was going to be either the best possible case scenario to complement what's already going on. There was no saving me. There was no, oh, one... When I'm with someone, they'll give me flowers. No, I gave myself flowers. There's, not, there's no, oh, someone, when I'm with someone, they'll go dancing with me. I was already going dancing. So I was already completely fulfilled from head to toe. And that was, so that was why I could attract the right person. Now, let me just caveat and say, in within our marriage, there has been a very challenging time. I say that, and Abraham says, if you're in a rocky relationship, it's a fast moving relationship, which means you're just getting your stuff out of the way. Mm. I can say this, not getting your shit out of the way. So we just kind of worked it out faster and we did that. And I used the same principles that are in the book to work out the stuff. And we are now better than we have ever been. So, I mean, we're great. And, it, and again, it was a small little snippet.
0: Okay, everyone, get this book. It's called Fit to Love, How to Get Physically, Emotionally, and Spiritually Fit to Attract the Love of
1: Your Life. Actually, you can get it for free. Now, if you want to buy the paper copy, I have there's a paper copy and a hardback, I invite you to do so. You can go to Balboa Press, or you can get it at Amazon, or you can go to Barnes & Noble. But if you want it for free, electronically, go to fittolove.tv forward slash ebook, and I'm happy to give it to you.
0: So it's an ebook for free, or if you want the physical copy, which we have here, which is a beautiful book, which I'm really excited about. It's a really nice cover. Yeah, I like Thank to you. read a book. And I know ebooks are amazing, too, if you just want to sit on your computer, your e-reader, whatever. I love a physical book, so I would buy it if I could. Me too. Except you gave it to me. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah,
1: no, I'm with you. I like to hold books in my hands, even though I have an iPad and I've downloaded X amount of books, but they don't get read unless I'm on a plane.
0: Yeah, I only listen to books or I read them. I don't, I don't do the whole e-reader, but I know a lot of people do, so that's awesome. But we'll be right back with JJ's top tips for from her book and from her business on how to live the healthiest, happiest life ever. Stay tuned. Today's show is sponsored by Stride Health. Go to stridehealth.com foodheels and take a look around. We are really excited about their service and you can get your personal concierge at stridehealth.com
2: foodheels that's right, Stride Health is built just for self-employed adventurers like us. Everything you need for health coverage and health care, they have it. To get your personal concierge at no cost to you, go to stridehealth.com slash And Stride Health offers the following at no cost to the consumer. Health plan recommendations. Their intelligent algorithm compares 38 factors and searches thousands of plans to find a customer's single most effective and valuable plan. Health care
0: savings. They help independents find in-network and effective care, as
2: well as discounts on prescriptions. And healthcare utilization. All healthcare plans come with many free benefits that few people utilize. They'll build you a plan that takes maximum advantage of the free and preventative care included with your health insurance plan. And they offer year-round support. Their members work on demand, their experts are available year round to answer your questions and fight your battles. Think of it like this, health insurance companies have hundreds of mathematicians trying to figure out how risky their new customers might be. There's never been an actuary for you though. So they're flipping the whole thing on its head, doing the math on your potential risk for the year and getting you the best care options. So take a minute and join now at stridehealth.com
0: foodheels Turn Stride on for you and your family. You'll get access to their on-call care team who has your back when you need it most. Joining Stride is free, it takes two minutes, and it's built just for you. Check it out at
2: stridehealth.com slash foodheals. You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes.
0: All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with empowerment strategist J.J. Flazanes, She's a video expert for About.com and a regular contributor
2: to the Daily Love. JJ has been featured in many national magazines such as Shape, Fitness, Muscle and Fitness Hers, Elegant Bride, and Women's Health, as well as appeared on NBC, CBS, Fox 11, and KTLA. For her
0: clients and followers, JJ designs customized coaching programs and unique, versatile approaches that harmonize the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual which is what Susie and I are all about. So we're so happy to have JJ here. So we're back and we haven't even gone over half of the things that we wanted to touch on. So we have to have you back, JJ.
1: I would love to come back.
0: Yes. So tell us some of your favorite tips for anyone who just wants to increase their health and wellness.
1: So, to kind of recap some of the topics that we've talked about today, I'll start with the exercise. So, for those of you who really do, in your mind, want to like exercise, or you want to exercise more, or you just want to have a different relationship with exercise, stop shooting yourself. <laughs> and start with what would feel good. So just go low-hanging fruit. Try to ratchet back the expectations you have of yourself. So if you're the person that says, oh, I have to go to the gym every day for an hour and I have to do this, this, and this, let that go for a little while. Try something new. Just, Just try something new and ask yourself every day what do I feel like doing? I actually did a whole blog post once. I'm wondering where I published it. It might be in the book. It might not be. It was on the different exercises for the different emotional states. So like the best choice for how you're feeling. So for instance, if you're angry, something like boxing or running would be great. If you're sad, something like yoga or Pilates. Right. So I went through just different emotions and what would match that to help enhance or help you release some of those emotions. So really just check in with yourself and say, what would feel good? What can I do? So rather conversation of what should I do? Ask yourself, what can I do? What will I do? And what would I like to do? So that's the first step in starting to change your relationship with exercise. And let go of the expectations that you have to do it a certain structured way. Yes, are there the best ways to do A, B, and C? Of course there are. But if you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it. So let's just Try to ease the resistance and get into a state of relief when it comes to thinking about exercise. How's that for a first step for exercise? I love it. Absolutely. Sounds good. For relationships, if you are single and you just really think that this is the work, oh my God, I'm single, I can't wait to find that person, life will be so much easier. That's not how it works. So let me just tell you from the married ladies sitting at the table right now, the work (laughs) starts when you find the person. So my advice would be enjoy your life now. When you find that person, it will change and it will change forever. Even if you don't stay together, your life will forever be changed. So take where you are right now and Make this a sacred time to give yourself what it is you want. If you want to feel romance, figure it out. Go take a dance lesson or buy yourself flowers. Take a bubble bath, light a candle, have a glass of wine. Do what you're waiting for someone else to do for you for yourself because you will enjoy it. You will appreciate it. You will feel better. And then the anxiety of that person who you think is going to fulfill you which by the way, that can't really happen anyway. That's another show. Um, we'll 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 go away. And now you're going to be in a happier state, which is going to allow you to attract a better person, right? When you're in a desperate victim need, and you're needy, you attract someone else who's needy. So we have two broken things trying to fill holes. And you just want to be in the best space you can possibly be. So just enjoy this time. Know that it's not going to be forever. And do what you can when, have trips with friends. Like, what are you waiting to do? What's on your Pocket list. Start doing them. Don't wait.
0: I love it. That's awesome. And, you know, just to add to that, it's like we were talking about before, like the whole you complete me thing. It's like say to yourself, I complete me. I fucking complete me. No one else is going to complete you. No friend, mother, father, sister, brother, boyfriend, husband wife, la la la, is going to complete you.
1: And actually, because I have a bunch of single female friends who are online dating, I do feel the need to say this for those of you that are doing online dating. Don't let it run your life. Know that the right person will find you I mean, obviously, you're putting yourself out there and you're going to have, you know, there's divine timing in that. But if you miss a text, oh, well, it will. don't worry. (laughs) If it's the right relationship, one little miss of a text or shutting off your phone for a couple hours or not responding to something right away isn't going to make or break the relationship. And if it is, it's probably not the right relationship.
2: Well, I met my husband on OkCupid. Not ashamed to say it. <laughs> and I had I had a system in place. I figured, you know, after going through this uh, a few times and figuring I was going to, and thinking I was going to square off online dating, there needed to be some good rapport over the email. Then we moved to the phone. Well, he, he was really sweet when he he contacted me, you know, with the messages. And it was great. It was fine. Nothing no, no Nothing was compelling me to write back. And so I disappeared for a little bit. Guess what? He popped back up. Mm. And then he was compelling. And then we moved to the phone. And then when we met, we talked for three hours. So you're absolutely right. They will come back if it's worth it.
1: Right. If it's right. There, there has to be a certain amount of respect you have for yourself and trust that you have in the process that it, if it's meant to be, it'll be and, and you'll be shown. And I mean, it, it just I was pulling cards last night. I have a goddess deck, an angel deck. I have a tarot cards. Sometimes I just feel a little bit icky or stuck or like, hmm, maybe I'm getting a message. What is it? And I use them to to just sort of work through any subconscious messages or energies that are going on. And I pulled of the goddess, of the angel cards. I had um ideas and inspiration I had pulled maybe like last week. What did I do? I pulled the exact same card twice. It was like, okay, this message is still coming. So know that I'm relating this to the men to know that, you know, if if it's so fragile that it, you have to be glued to your phone, you're missing your life. And that's what that's the message that I really want you to get. Men and women really want to be with who's not attracted to someone who's confident and happy confidence and happiness is very, very attractive. Neediness, desperation, depression, not so attractive. So do what you can, if you're single, to be happy, truly happy, not fake happy, not smiley, but I'm really miserable happy, truly happy, because then you have a better chance of really getting a great person who's also really happy. Mm -hmm. But if you just put on the fake smile, then you're just going to play this game and and it's exhausting to do. I'm sure everyone has done it, right? You put on the best, your best self and that gets tiring and people (laughs) don't and then those relationships don't last. So do what you need for yourself now. So that's the relationship advice.
0: Great advice.
1: And lastly, about stress. Where you can, and again, some of you, you may be knee deep in, I have to, 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 and I have to do this and I have to do that. And if I do do that, then this is going to happen. Find again, low hanging fruit. How can you provide some relief for yourself? How can you provide some space for yourself? How can you provide your subconscious mind and your higher self to communicate with you? For me, I get downloads when I exercise. Some people meditate. And they get messages when they meditate and people think that's like the right way to do it. They're like, oh, I'm I'm clearing my mind and then I can hear my subconscious. Okay, if that works for you, great. It doesn't work for me. I love meditating. I still do it, but that's not what I get. I'm rollerblading with my earphones on and I've got music in my ears and suddenly the channel is open to receive information and answers. So fine, give yourself space, whether it be five minutes, 10 minutes of doing something mindfully, whether it be walking with no technology or no person in silence or meditating or reading a book by yourself or journaling. Just find some somewhere for your body, your subconscious mind to give you the messages and the answers that you're seeking. We're so driven to take action in every aspect of our lives to find more information. But you really, when it comes to yourself, whether whatever you believe in higher power or not, you still have the answers about what's right for you, but you're not going to hear it if the noise of the life you live and the stress that you have and the, the conversations you're having with yourself and the pressures you put on yourself are too loud. So when it comes to stress, everyone's a different place. So I can't give everybody you know the right kind of advice for you. This is really going to be a gut check for you. What can I? What am I willing to do? Am I willing to turn my phone off for an hour a day? Am I willing to walk away from the computer? Am I willing to give something up or to start a practice or to hire somebody to work with or start journaling? Whatever that is, just recognize that the stress you live leads your life, fuels your choices and creates your outcome. Mm -hmm. So you can take your power back by deciding to add in something that can help balance out and clarify for you what it is you're trying to accomplish in your life.
0: I think that's really, really good advice, and I like how you said meditation doesn't necessarily work for you or for everyone because I feel like for me, my ideas and my inspiration does come in the silence, and sometimes it's meditation, but sometimes it's driving sometimes it's when you're not thinking about it and I recommend yoga and meditation to a lot of people because in my mind, I think, oh, well, they need it to calm down. But that doesn't necessarily work for everyone. And people get frustrated when it doesn't work for them. And they go, oh, well, there's nothing to the spirituality shit because this doesn't work for me. But maybe it has to come through you in a different form. Like you said, rollerblading. Like, is that something you love to do? Put on your headphones and rollerblade? Then go do it. And when you're in that space, something will come. Some people, it's painting, right? Right. Some people, it could be anything. Cooking. Cooking, exactly. We don't know what it is for you. Some people don't know what it is for themselves. So find out what that is. When are the messages coming? And then do that more often.
1: Yeah. Just remember you're a human being, not a human doing. So the be Mm -hmm. part, are you really truly being and not constantly doing or constantly trying to control an outcome? We're here to really enjoy our lives. And yes, we have things we want to accomplish and it's great to feel passionate. It's great to feel purpose. It's great to want to accomplish things, but there's a balance. And also, you know, the energies in the world you can't control. The only thing you get to control is you. That's it. And so just remember, I think you also can, you can contribute more to the planet, to people's choices when you are the most whole you can possibly be, whole and happy and connected.
0: I love it. I (laughs) like, I want everyone to tweet that. I want everyone to rewind that and listen to what she just said because it's so true. All right, JJ, where can everyone find you online, follow you on social media?
1: Well, I would love if you're a podcaster and you love listening to Allison and Susie's show, if you might consider wanting to add my show to your list too. It's Fit to Love Podcast Show. And if not, that's fine. Come on over to fittolove.tv. That's the website. You don't have to download anything except the free book, if you so choose. And I do have six days a week Full of all kinds of content. We've got videos on Mondays, which are exercise. We've got videos on Tuesdays, which is cooking. And it's, I will tell you, it's paleo, dairy-free, gluten-free, grain-free. There's only two shows that I have coming up. One is a gluten-free pancake and the other is a gluten-free crepe. (laughs) Those are the only thing that have grains in them. But otherwise, everything is grain-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, paleo. And then we have our audio sessions, which are Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Wednesdays are Wellness Wednesday. Allison's been on one and will be on another one in the future. And Susie, we need to have you on too. Yeah, Wellness Wednesday. And then we've got Thoughtful Thursdays, which is about this, the men- mental processing and the psychology. And we talk about hypnotherapy and the difference between the subconscious and conscious mind. And about strategy. That's all sort of the brainy day of the thought process part. And then we've got Freedom Fridays, which is our spirituality day. We talk about astrology and and law of attraction and numerology and anything sort of ethereal that we've kind of talked about a little bit today. If that interests you, that's that day. And then Sexy Saturdays is about relationships and dating and marriage and all the things that come along with the self-care when you're talking about invoking the best from your partner or attracting the love of your life.
0: Yeah. And I love your show. So Food Heals Nation, if you like our show, you should definitely check out JJ's show. She has way more episodes than we do. So you will be constantly entertained, enlightened, and just learning more and more. So well, where can everyone find you on social media? How can they follow you?
1: So if you come to fit all my social buttons are there. Mm-hmm. I've got Instagram. I'm constantly posting the food that I'm making on a daily basis. Today I took a Pinterest gone bad recipe. There was some, it said it was paleo, although it totally wasn't. Um, No bake, pumpkin, little pumpkin latte cookie thing. Anyway, I made it and I was like, this is not great. And so I smashed it all up, added some eggs and some coconut cream and cinnamon and put in the oven and baked it. And I made a souffle. So I I put that on there and and all kinds of fun things on Instagram and recipes and then Pinterest. I mean, I'm on all of it. So so Twitter, Facebook, just come on over to fit2love.tv. That's F-I-T, the number two, L-O-V-E.TV. And it's all there.
0: Awesome. Okay. We're definitely going to have you back because we didn't even get to half of Susie and I's questions and we didn't get to cover a lot more that we wanted to talk about. So we'll have you back very soon.
1: And if anyone is listening and you have specific questions that you would like to ask that we can talk about here on the show, especially about exercise, um, I'd love to know just because I'll talk about it from my expertise and perspective, but some of you out there actually might have very specific questions about exercise. So if you do, you can definitely email these lovely ladies, yes?
0: Yeah, info at foodhealsnation.com if you have
1: specific questions
0: for JJ, and we can definitely address those on a future episode, because I know you don't live too far, so it's not too hard for you to come in the studio, and we can always Skype as well.
1: And that's another reason why we went long, because you put three ladies who like to talk in chairs that's around right. each other. <laughs> it's like, if we were on the phone, it'd be a little, it'd be less energetic.
0: <laughs> that's true. It's always more energy in person, for sure. Yeah. I'm sure that Food Heals Nation can hear the difference between when we're on the phone or when we're in person, because in person, we're just like... Yeah, Yeah. And yeah. And more.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you, ladies, for having me. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed myself being here. Yes. And I look forward to coming back and having you on the show too soon.
2: Yes. (laughs) That's our show. Thanks for listening. What a great
0: show with JJ. I'm so glad she was able to come on and she had so much good information. You know, we
2: touched on topics we weren't even planning to. So it was really awesome. I know. I was going to say she's a wealth of information. I mean, anytime we brought up anything, it was almost like a uh, bicycle spoke of like we could go off and talk about this or that or this or that I know all related to that main we could have talked to her all night she was so good we'll have her back I have Definitely. a feeling she's gonna be back <laughs> she will be <laughs> <laughs>